Welcome to Life on Earth, The Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace and global equality, one earthling at a time. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. I'm super excited to be in Venice, California with an amazing human being in front of me. Hi, Preston. Preston Ooh. smiles. Ooh. <laughs> Hello there. Hi. Well, yeah. um, first of all, of course, thank you so much for doing this and sharing your energy with Life on Earth podcast. It's been really important to me to keep this um, medium high vibrational and with people that I love and believe in. So I love that you are sharing your and you're you're super smart, you're super talented, and you're you're just awesome. So well, thank, thank you. you. I, I receive that. <laughs> I will take all of that. And and as you know, we only attract that which we are. And so thank you, uh, you know, the light in me sees the light in you and the crazy too, you know, because there's a certain type of crazy you gotta be to I think it was Frederick Nietzsche that said those who were seen dancing were called crazy by those who could not hear the music. And uh, there's quite a few of us that hear the music. And it's an interesting time because, you know, th there's a, a push and a pull that's, that's happening on our planet right now. And those of us who can hear the music, you know, us way showers have been called. We've been tapped on the shoulder. And so I honor you and I appreciate you. And I say thank you, not just to you, but to anybody listening as well who is reminding people and rem really reminding themselves on a daily basis that love is all there is, was, and ever will be. That's beautiful. Um, that's one of the core teachings of at my studio, the yoga that we do is that it's about love, you know, mm -hmm. like we're, we're all one, we're all connected and may all beings be safe, happy, which I really believe in that. Mm -hmm. And so what's up like how are you nowadays like i feel like you've been doing you've been on this journey and you've been doing so much is is it like this been like a lifelong journey or what do you how would you describe it like well yeah i mean here's the thing as you know it, humans we get we get tricky with our egos and we we try to compartmentalize life you know but the reality is is that every single thing that i have ever been through with against has set up where I am now. Now, if you're asking, uh, was this something I initially thought I would be doing and 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 being in the world? The answer is no. No, did no. you not like? You, you didn't have like a calling as a child, or no. did you? Okay, no. so how does this develop? I'm honestly like super cur curious. And here's the thing: I said no to the calling as a child, but I'll I'll actually revamp that and say no from a conscious standpoint. You see, I was always a leader. It was just a matter of where I was leading people to, right? Was it off a cliff or was it, you know, higher vibrations? And so very early, I was placed in special education classes. Uh, I was about eight years old when they uh, first put me in these classes. And, you know, in the 80s and early 90s, there wasn't as much explanation. And so I made up a story about myself that I was dumb, that I was stupid, that I was less than, that I wasn't as smart as everyone else. And so this imposter syndrome sort of came through and I, I, I carried this like deep shame and a guilt actually, because, you know, 
in every family, there's the the golden child, and then there's that child that that's a little more difficult to be with. And I happen to be that kid, and so I started very early seeking approval and validation outside of myself. Now, our entire society is set up in this way, and some of us who have been gifted or blessed with some big traumas uh, learn this in a whole nother way, um, and it's it's like heightened. And so it was very heightened for me. And so by the time I was 11, I joined a gang. I started smoking weed. Um, and uh, by the time I was 15, one of my best friends uh, called me to come hang out and, and drink and do stupid stuff like we always did. And uh, something in me said no. Something said don't go. And this was the, my first real true understanding of intuition. Um, and so I said no. And he was like, oh, you're going to be a little beep. I'm like, yep, I am tonight. And uh, we hung up the phone. And my best friend Scott and Rudy and Emmanuel and all of these guys got in this blue Astro van that I was in the night before that and the night before that and the night before that. And um, they drove to a liquor store and they pulled up and there was a gentleman there who was uh, disgruntled because his girlfriend had broken up with him. And my friend Scott was in the front seat and him and I would fight over the front seat all all the time. But because I didn't go, he got the front seat. And so the guy said, what are you looking at? Scott being a 16 year old kid said something smart. And the guy got out of his car and shot him in the head. And every single person in that van was shot. And uh, at 15, this was uh, a catalyst moment for me because I didn't know how to process that. You know, I had already been beat out of uh, consciously and unconsciously uh, learning how to be with my feelings. You know, you grew up in a Western culture, you're told not to be a pussy or a faggot. And so you hear that enough. By the time you're 15, it is literally not available for you. And just as a caveat, I think pussies are amazing. And uh, (laughs) my wife's is amazing. And we're going to have a child coming out of it soon. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, And so because I didn't know how to process it, I I just got scared. And I asked my dad, could I leave? And he said, where do you want to go? And I said, I don't care. Just get me out of here. And two weeks later, I was on a plane to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I got off this uh, plane and there was a sign with my name on it. And this woman, Shirley Russell, took me in. And Shirley just so happened to live within North Allegheny County, which was a very wealthy county in Pennsylvania. And I'm sure you've seen, have you seen the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so I was like that in reverse. So he <laughs> came from West Philadelphia, born and raised, right? And then he went to Bel Air. I went from Los Angeles to Pennsylvania. And I remember the first day of school, I checked in. And we pulled in and there was like BMWs and Mercedes everywhere. And like this turf football field. And it was just like really beautiful. And as I'm walking through the halls, I'm noticing that A, you could eat off the ground. Like literally, it was so clean and pristine and like... They had state-of-the-art everything. And I'm walking. And you know, like in, in high school, you know, in the classrooms, they have those like windows cut out so you can like look as somebody's walking by. And as I'm walking by each class, I see all these people kind of reacting like, whoa, look at him kind of thing. And so I get in the office and I, I'm getting checked in and the woman's telling me what class I'm going to be in. And I asked her, I said, ma'am? And she's like, yes. And I was like, um... Do you mind if I ask you something? Sure, go ahead. I was like, is there anybody else who 
you know, kind of like looks like me at this school. And she was like, oh, black? Yeah, we have one girl. So I was literally Sorry, the only crazy. black male in this entire school, right? It's like a thousand people at this school. I'm the only one. And so I immediately became this, the most popular kid in school. And within a few weeks, I joined a new gang called Wexford Mafia. And we were headed to a party. And this is the end of the story, but really the beginning of the story. We were headed to a party. I'm in the back seat. They are drinking, smoking, listening to Outkast, Tupac, and Biggie. And I have this realization that the kids at my former school are doing the exact same thing, but getting two different results based on the environment and the expectation. And so at 15 and a half, I stumbled upon environmental psychology and really got to see that, you know, these kids are doing it and going to jail and these kids are doing it and going to Yale. So what's the difference? Right. And so uh, that opened up enough space for me to see that something was awry, that something was amiss. And, and I ended up uh, going to college and I cheated my whole way through college and then realized that the imposter syndrome was still there from the dyslexia and then got into grad school and decided that I wasn't going to cheat not one single day on anything. And there was eight people in my graduate program and uh, two of us got straight A's. I was one of them, of course. And um, got out of college, got to LA, started modeling and acting, got sick. Out of the sickness, somebody handed me a book called Ask It It Is Given by Jerry and Esther Hicks. And the secret came out that same year. And uh, it just changed everything for me. And I then became this angry vegan, denounced my religion, and like just was still filled with a lot of venom. Like I knew a lot. And, I, and I'm sharing this part of the story because it's very important. A lot of us think we know, you know? So I knew a lot and I could quote certain things, but there was still this venom that was underneath all of it. I was still very angry and nothing wrong with anger, right? We, anger has become, uh, you know, a bad word, especially in the spiritual community. There's nothing wrong with anger, but it's how we use it, right? And I was using it in a destructive way. Now I use it in a creative way. Now I use it to fuel and fire me up and to get myself in state in order to remind people of their truth and their beauty. And so I realized that while I was filling my cup, it, it, it didn't feel good. And so that's when I received the message that love is, in essence, all there is, was, and ever will be, and began to turn the volume up on my love. And the more I turned the volume up on my love, my life expanded. And, you know, the, re the rest is history. Now I'm here. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a beautiful story. Um, I think it's important because I've always asked, like, well, how did you come to this place that you have these? I've, to me, it feels like sometimes when you're giving some insights, whether it's the, the short videos that you put out or YouTube or whatever it is, or a podcast that I've heard with you, it's like it's coming from some kind of like source power that's just like, whoa. Poof, comes mm -hmm. through like a channel almost but yeah, yeah like it just really feels like you're you're really connected mm -hmm. to some something that's like really resonating in your frequency and it's like wow and yes and it's it's beautiful because that message of truth and love is so important but then you also you also take that and you really want to share that with the world mm -hmm. you want to you want to like empower people's life absolutely why I mean, I think the answer is obvious, but what's that not so obvious answer? Yeah. So, so here's the thing. 
just speaking to what you're saying about what happens when I share, especially particularly on video and things of this nature, I believe it is my duty to get out of my own way and allow spirit, God, Buddha, Allah, Krishna, whatever is more potent for whoever's listening. But that source energy, I believe it is my duty to get out of the way and allow source to speak to, through, and as me. And so what's happening in those moments is I have been able to open up a portal. And that's the only way I can explain it. You know, we've all heard it many times that this is just a remembering game. You know, there are certain things that I've read in certain books that I'm like, yo, I, I, I like got that, it, you know, in the trees when I was spending hours just sitting in the wilderness. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it, there's, there's only one source. And, and, you know, the more that we spend time in communion and questioning the ego mind, not from a place of resistance, but like, is that true with a capital T? the more we we create space for god and so that's what's happening in that in in that way and here's the thing i do this for a number of reasons but one plain and simple is life is just a lot more awesome when you are vibrating high when when one is remembering the truth about themselves you know we there are entire billion trillion dollar industry set up to make us believe that we need something outside of ourselves in order to be perfect whole and complete right and and the truth of the matter is is that in this now moment all needs are met all needs are met and they always have been in this now moment and in this one and in this one and in this one and so for me i uh, uh, do my best to remind myself to light myself on fire, to become a space, a beacon, a light for other people to see the truth about themselves. Not that I'm perfect, although I am perfect, right? It's it's that thing. <laughs> it's the divine dichotomy. It's a cosmic joke. It's this interesting thing where there's no, we're not getting out of this thing alive per se. So why not make it awesome while we are here, you know? And, and that comes from asking powerful questions. It comes from spending time in nature. It comes from drinking more water than other crap that we drink. It comes from, you know, paying attention to what we put in. It comes from, uh, you know, shifting one's uh, neurology and physiology through breathing. You know, there's a, a million different ways. It comes from plant medicine, yoga. There's no one way to God. But you do have to, like, you do live a conscious life, meaning... Yeah, according I mean, to my rules of according what to your is. rules, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is which is awesome too. Because I don't know, like I, the when you were saying that, it just made me think. Because I know that some people, and one of the questions I have that I'll pull for you is about that too. Trying to find yourself and trying to connect to that, mm. or hearing people like you and getting really motivated. And I want to live in that vibration. Like mm-hmm. everybody wants to live, especially like the world has so much has so much beauty, but it also has so much chaos, you know, at the moment. And it's like, we do want to live in that vibration, that high vibration. And a lot of times, one thing that for me is like, I I do, when I wake up, I do, it it is important that I I put myself in nature weekly. Mm -hmm. It is important that I drink really clean. What is important that I drink, you know, Mm -hmm. somewhat, I'm not like a Nazi with the food either, but, you know, like somehow (laughs) like, 
Yeah, I definitely like, you know, I definitely live mm-hmm. and I am, you know, but but I think those things like keep you, you just basically whatever it is your truth, but like make some conscious choices that are like not just without thinking. Yes. You know? Yes. But sometimes we do also not think because nobody, I'm not perfect, yes. you know? And sometimes yeah. it's just like you just do something. You're like, oh my God, what did I just do? Yes. Or I regret that. <laughs> so, so here, what you just said is like really... I think one of the biggest differences between myself and someone who is maybe not as practiced in this work is when I catch myself doing unconscious, habituated patterns, I don't punish myself. Most of the people that I work with, most of the people who come into my vortex, that's the difference. That's one of the biggest differences is they catch it and they go, well, I'm a terrible person. Look, I'm doing it again. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. And for me, I look at it. I, I get curious about it. I question it. I notice it. I declare and decide that, you know, that doesn't work for me. And that immediately raises my vibration, vibration back up, right? I ask powerful questions. And, and I think that if more of us spent time truly looking at and, and questioning, did I choose that? Or is that the collective unconscious? Or is that, you know, you know, seven generations of parents, grandparents, their parents, their parents? Like, am I just repeating patterns and habits because my psyche, right? We know now in science that between zero and seven is when our maps of the world are created, how we're viewing the world, how we're seeing the world. And so if, you know, let's say at four years old, your parents go through a big divorce and the way that they experience that divorce is in deep overwhelm, you may become the type of child that becomes the out of the way kid. And then 25 years later, you're going, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just low maintenance. I'm just, I'm just really shy. No, that's not who you are. That's who you became based on a set of circumstances. And so let's take a deeper look, right? Who I am is perfect, whole, and complete, but not finished. Who I am is love in a space, right? That's infinite, right? Can never be born and never die. We have become so bamboozled about the truth of our being. And I'm grateful for podcasts like these and, and yoga studios and all the other people who, who have decided to share their medicine in the way that they deem, you know, that, that's on their heart that are reminding us, you know, like it's even people like yourself and myself, those who inspire, we still need inspiration as well. And so, you know, I think it was a quote by Mother Teresa or something of this nature where, paraphrasing it, if we all lift, the load isn't as heavy, right? And so we're all lifting from our sides with the medicine that's on our hearts to come back to the one truth, which is love. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Preston. Yeah. I am going to ask you this question uh, from a listener, and this is coming from a man. And I pulled this one, but I got to tell you that I hear this a lot in mm-hmm. my studio and with different uh, people that I mentor. So it says, how did he figure out what he, what he wanted to do with his life? Yes. Trial and error. Meditation. Did he always know what he's going to do? Which I feel like you kind of answer that. Yeah. And then this is something selfishly I want to know because I'm in the process of finding my life's work. Yes. What drives you, Preston? What lights you up? <laughs> <laughs> your passion comes through your messages. And I want you to know that 
that there's a lot of passion and you can you can see that there's root and mm-hmm. like that you're very well grounded. So was there a point in your life where you had a breakthrough of any kind to get there or something? Yeah. You kind of spoke about that. Yeah, though, a little but bit. But you can, uh, you can, and then I'll, I'll finish. And then, like something like, were you like maybe tried to work in something else and it and it didn't work out? Or it wasn't like fulfilling your soul. Where does the light bulb comes? Um, what are some major obstacles you've had to overcome? And I think somewhat. Let me just um, add to this because I've seen this is the reason. This is coming from somebody who is 40s, 30s and and not 20. And so this, this actually like I've in my train, even, even some of my ladies and men in my trains too, that perhaps even have been on another career, whether it's, you know, law or whatever it is. And it's like, uh, it's just at some point decided that, but then like, I feel super, I don't know, how do I get to that point that I'm you know, living my yes. dharma. Yes. And how? And not only that, but like, how do you then get out of that situation that you're already a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it is? For and sure. Like, and then you know, what are the? It, there's major obstacles. So I think he was saying like yoga, meditation. What do you know? Yes. There's all this information out there, but then how do we find the center? Yes. Yes. It's just like it's big. It's tough, it's, you know. It's because- very. <laughs> it, it they can be really challenging, and 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 uh, this is what I want to say about that particularly the first part of it, which was around like finding our purpose, right? So first, there isn't one purpose. There are purposes, right? So one of my purposes is to be as present as possible with you in this now moment, right? Because God is here now, right? So because our society has set it up in a way where it looks like you have to find this one thing and this one thing is the only thing you're going to do for the rest of your life and you're going to like that is not true in any sense of the word we're always shifting always moving always changing and so one of the best things you could do is instead of going against the grain is to go with it is to remember that you're always being used right you're always co-creating with the creator whatever that means to you and so along my journey i can't compartmentalize it even though I didn't know I would be here, right? This is one of the things I tell people all the time. Direction is much more important than speed. We're trying to get there so fast. I'm 40. I got to get there fast. Got to get there fast. Got to get there fast. No, move swiftly, right? But not necessarily, don't rush because the rushing is a scarcity mentality. You know, if we really stop right now and really check back in, no matter where you are, no matter where you're listening to this from, If you really just take a look around your life, all your needs are met in this now moment. Everything that can be controlled is in control. You are safe. Nine out of 10. You have a beautiful life with people who love you and you have a gift to give. So so what we appreciate appreciates, right? This is, uh, Lynn Twist said this in The Soul of Money, I think uh, was her this book. This is so important to celebrate what is, to celebrate I'm on the path, right? There was, there was no one aha moment. It keeps happening. One of my new purposes is to be a freaking dad. You know, that's, I was thinking that when you, I was just like, well, that's kind of, that's another huge thing. Exactly. Yeah. People ask me all the time. They're like, okay, so is this the thing? No. Yes. For now. Yes. For now. Right? Nothing is permanent besides change. 
even in relationship. You know, I think that's where we get in a lot of trouble is we try to claim and hold on and stick our, our claws in and say, oh, well, this is going to be the one person and this is going to be the one thing and this is going to be, dude, life is always shifting, always changing. One of the best things you could possibly do is take the ride because sometimes, and I made a video about this because we, we, we try to skip the awkward stage. That's what this is really about. It's control. We're trying I should to, include that video in my show notes. Please. So we, we try to skip the awkward stage. Right? But just think about your teenage years, what you, what you learned in that process. right? And so using the metaphor of flying from California to New York, sometimes on the way to California, we are rerouted to Texas. Right? And in Texas, we're like, what the hell? Like, I'm, I was on my way to, to New York, and now I'm in Texas. And in Texas, this is where you, you do that one job. That And then at that job, you meet that one person whose cousin ends up being your best friend. And that person who's your best friend decides to take a trip to Brazil. And in Brazil, you meet your soon-to-be wife or husband. And then that opens up a whole new space. And in that space, you learn uh, something about yourself that is a part of your genius. And that's where you find the, your one thing for the next few years or whatever the case may be. And so the whole point is, is like you were on the way to New York. You got rerouted to Texas. And that's exactly what it needed to be. This is the chaos theory said in a different way. The chaos theory says that if you pull far enough back and far enough back and far enough back, you will see that there is divine order to the entire thing. But the ego wants to control and know. We want to know everything. And that knowing is the thing that's getting in our way. All we have to do is let go and let God, let go and let it flow, right? Be with it, be intentional, right? I, 2017, I found out that we hit the million mark, right? Which is a powerful thing. No one in my family has ever been a millionaire. That's a big deal, right? But if you look, if you ask me, was I like every day just thinking about millions? No, I was not. I, I made it set an intention for 2017 to look deeper at my money conversation and story and, and rewrite it, yes. And yes, I have an intention to touch more people and have a deeper impact, right? And I've become more intentional around you know, the, the vibrational currency we call money. But the, the end result of it is, or not the end, the beginning result of it, because that's what's always happening is a new beginning, is we, you know, reach this milestone. And, and, and that's going to take us somewhere else. My whole thing about all of this is not about the thing. It's not about the mountaintop. It's about who I become on the way to the mountaintop, which is Texas, which is the, the, the cousin that takes you to Brazil, which opens up the space where you meet your, your one and then your one takes you here and then you end up in a whole other place and all of a sudden you're still not in New York and then 30 years later, you're in New York and you're like, holy sh**, it all happened. It all happened. And I didn't need to control it because everything that was in control was, uh, everything that needed to be in control was already in control. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's beautiful. And yeah, congratulations on all your accomplishment. I mean, it's a, it's amazing. It's amazing to watch. I'm very happy for you because it's awesome, and I can tell that like you're. It's just gonna like fool you to create more amazingness in this planet, <laughs> which is great for me <laughs> and great for all of us. Yeah, for sure. So the first video I watched of you that somehow somebody sent to me or somehow I came across, I don't remember. It was something that you were talking about. Boys don't cry. Mm. 
Yes. And that really grabbed me. Mm-hmm. So Preston's Boys Don't Cry. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, it was. It goes back to what, what I spoke about earlier. You and know? I'll also share the link to that, but yeah. powerful. Yeah. I think that, you know, we have been cleverly misdirected into this idea of this warrior right you know from a very early age especially young men and i i realize that in western cultures women are being you know marketed to in a major way very early and from every angle including parents but boys are too and one of the things that is being shown to us directly and indirectly is this idea that to allow one's emotions to be present with one's emotions outside of anger and lust is to be weak. And we start hearing it very early and then we see it. You know, all the characters when I grew up, there was this guy named the Ultimate Warrior from the WWF, him and Hulk Hogan, and then Clint Eastwood in the Westerns, and then Rambo and Terminator 2, and all of these characters that always have the right answer at the right time and only show toughness and strength. And so we are being programmed so deeply to believe that to be strong, one must shut their emotions down, must shut their heart down and be emotionally detached. And for me, I have come to recognize that I show up more in my manhood, in my divine integrated masculine, when I am allowing you know, the, the rainbow of emotions to flow through me. Right? Because ultimately, I am the sky, and these emotions are the clouds, the birds, the rain, and all of these other things, just like all of nature. right? It just happens in cycles and circles. And when we block that off, we literally block off a part of life, like a huge part of life. And you know, like anything that you block off, it's going to create you know, some clogged arteries and create some some pain and some some suffering and some damage and that's i think that's what we're seeing in our society right now is is a lot and and then men are doing things in secret right so the porn industry is like a like i think 10 billion dollar industry right now and and the reason for that is is that there's so much shame around one's sexuality. There's so much, we're getting two different messages. One is, you know, sex, 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 sex. And then the other is, you know, this is not okay. And, And so it's become this shameful thing. And because it's shameful, we're seeing all of these rape cases and, you know, Alexi and I do trauma work. And let's just say, we have about 100 people in each room that we do. And let's say 100 people walk in I'd say 75 of them have been molested or raped in some form or fashion, usually before the ages of 10. That's like most of the people in the room, including myself, right? So this is, and we're talking about men and women across the board. This is not like, you know, it's mainly women. It's literally everybody. And that's every room we go into, whether we're in Costa Rica, Australia, London, Canada, US, everywhere we go, same story over and over and over again. So this tells me that there's, there's clearly a block, a, a pebble in the hose, which is not allowing the flow of that water to come through that hose correctly. And so crying, right, allowing oneself to feel sadness or sexual feelings or fear or anger, there's nothing wrong with that. 
it's necessary, right? That's, that's a part of the human dance. And I think that we all, women and men, get to honor that even more, including and especially the uh, sexual feelings and anger. I think those two things have gotten uh, really pushed to the side and vilified in a way that is not healthy. And we are seeing the effects of it in even the president that, you know, the country has chosen. Well, uh, thank you for, um, yeah, we'll wrap, but thank you for, for saying all that because, yeah, I think that's, it's really important. And, you know, I guys, like if you feel blocked because you can express your emotions and then you feel tense and like Preston was saying, then it's just, it's this one thing leads to another. Yes. But one of the things, becoming aware of it is super powerful and yes. listening to things like this. But I'm also going to suggest when you do practices like yoga, you know, and you're moving anything physical and you're connecting breath and movement, mm. you're really releasing a lot of tension and a lot yes. of trauma from your body because the body remembers. And mm-hmm. so there's like bubbles of energy. And so it's really important to when we are opening ourselves and when we're beginning these journeys to again, like, and if for whatever reason yoga is not for you, then go run or, mm-hmm. you know, go do go in nature, but try yoga. It is super powerful. Like just move or move, just dance, yes. put a song and Dancing. dance Powerful. and breathe and just let it all go. And then just trust, trust the work and trust the journey. Because once you remove those mm-hmm. walls and you, then you like can actually be like, whoa, yes. I'm, I'm can be myself and you can be yourself with Absolutely. a capital S there's yeah. like, nobody should be holding you back or an emotion or anything yes. in the South. This is a, this is a big thing because mm-hmm. a lot of the men are, you know, don't show emotion. Yeah. I lived in Louisiana so, for eight years. That's true. I'm glad mm-hmm. that we're mentioning that. You lived in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. One of the things that I, and this is one of the last things I want to say, one of the somatic practices that I use, uh, that we use in our work and also I use really weekly is something called a primal scream. And I, this is not just for men. This is for anybody. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, the body is a living library. And so it's storing all these traumas and all of these, uh, you know, repressed memories in the body. And, you know, it, the body doesn't speak English. You know, it's, it's energy, it's trapped energy. And so one of the best things you can do if you have a car is to get in your car, roll the windows up, drive somewhere where, you know, you you don't feel like you'll be self-conscious or drive to the beach, get out of your car or grab a pillow if you're in New York City and can't go anywhere and scream at the top of your lungs and beat your chest and stomp on the ground and just allow yourself, allow the, the, the reptilian part of yourself, that part of your brain, the, 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 the beast, allow the beast to come out for a little bit and, and clear some of that energy. You see the difference between, let's say animals, for example, right? So animals in the wild, they're under threat all the time, right? They're under, you know, a, a cheetah is chasing the impala, he catches the impala, but then uh, a hyena comes and, and then the cheetah lets go of the impala. The impala, you know, is in this altered state when the cheetah grabs it by the neck, right? Have you ever seen that where a cheetah will chase it and it'll sort of trip the impala and the impala just sort of freezes. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I think it's a lot with the fight and flight. Yes, too. exactly. Yeah. So it goes, the amygdala fires off. The impala goes into an altered state. So it doesn't feel its brain, like it being ripped to pieces. But then the hyena comes and then, which saves the impala. And then the impalas, when they get somewhere safe, and safe is the key point here, 
they do this breathing exercises and these shimmering. They like they like. Have you ever seen a dog when they do that? Like they like like say you reprimand a dog and they'll shake really hard. Yeah, my dog does. Yes, to shake the energy off, right? And so these are two things that we see in the wild. And a gentleman by the name of Peter Levine that wrote a book called uh, Waking the Tiger talks about this whole thing. Um, they are resetting the parasympathetic nervous system to say it's safe now. Now you can walk around and be you again. But what happens is, is people go through these traumatic events and they never tell the body it's safe now. So one way to reset the parasympathetic nervous system is to do primal screams and to dance and to do yoga. And as these emotions and these things come up, to be with them fully, allowing them to complete themselves. That's the biggest problem. Stuff comes up and I've been you know, guilty of this myself, stuff comes up and we shove it down. And one of the best things you can do is intentionally go somewhere and just scream and scream and scream and beat your chest and fall on the ground and do whatever you need to do to allow that stuck energy to dissipate. Okay. Thank you for saying that. I will actually uh, include this in my trainings now as an exercise because we have like different things. So I really appreciate you sharing that. We yeah. will definitely try that all of us yeah and i think that makes complete sense to me yeah it's big well thank you so much for doing this podcast and i really appreciate again your energy appreciate all that you do i hope that one day um you and alexa you know if you ever want to come to the south say hi shanti yoga shallow we can yeah. do a weekend we can do a day whatever new orleans is really fun yes. too and Best of luck with the new little bean baby. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be fantastic for you guys. So Beautiful. super exciting. And uh, lastly, before I ask, how can people get a hold of you? And if it, there's anything else you want to share in terms of like courses, if they can do one. But we're in 2018. What mm -hmm. do you think for this year? Like, yes. is there like, can you give us like one, like a, a sentence or something? Like, I'm in for us, like, I'm like, what's this year all about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for me, first of all, back to the compartmentalizing thing, right? So like, yeah, it's 2018, but you know, and, and then one day it wasn't, and then one day it was. Yeah. The reality is, is that life keeps lifing and we get to decide and declare and then design a life that matches what we decided and declared. And so uh, for me, I'm, I'm constantly in the conversation of all needs met right now. That's what this year is about, is uh, being the walking, living embodiment of one that uh, knows that all their needs are met, right? Living from that sufficient place, which, you know, I say it all the time, uh, fill your cup and give from the overflow. That's the most important thing you could do. Anybody who's in a job that they hate or whatever the case may be, wherever you are in your journey, the best thing you could possibly do is fill your own cup first and allow what's in your cup is yours. What, what flows out is everyone else's. That's the reason why I have the vitality to do this work is because I fill my cup first. You know what I did this morning? I went surfing. No way. I had a smoothie. I had a, um, like a sort of arugula sort of uh, avocado situation. I read upstairs on my rooftop deck. And as soon as we're done with this, I'll go kiss my wife and then I'll probably take a bike ride. That's awesome. Now, all of it is me filling my cup, right? Because I know that, you know, what's required of me in this lifetime is, is a lot. And so I need to have the vitality to be able to see that through. So 
100%. And uh-huh. I applaud you for having the courage to do all of that and be exactly who you are because that's the gift of life. Yes, 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 yes. So with that said, all is well. Uh, if you guys are looking for me or want to take one of our courses or hang out, you can find me at Preston Smiles on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, I have a conscious man brotherhood called the Man Cave. Uh, the next opening is happening March like 5th or something of that nature. So if do they have to live here to no, do it? No, no, no. It's, it's an online. online program. I People think my live fiance all over the world. wants to do it. That'd be amazing. John, yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. It's really powerful. How long is it? It's four months. Okay, It's cool. four months and it is beautiful. It's a league of extraordinary gentlemen raising the bar for each other in conscious community. And sometimes there's meetups online yes. and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. For sure. So they have access to information and stuff. Oh, information. Yeah. It's it's big. It's, it's beautiful. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's on your, is that on your website? Yeah, if you go to PrestonSmiles.com and then click on okay. programs, you'll see Man Cave and Stretch 22. Awesome. Uh, Definitely, that's, that sounds amazing. And I know some people that might get excited for that too. So Beautiful. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And uh, have a wonderful day, you. And thank you, uh, all of you listeners. You guys are amazing. Thank you for all the questions. And the other question I had, we actually answered it. Okay, so perfect. in it. So everything is good. All covered. Thank you, guys. Have a beautiful day wherever you are on planet Earth. Bye. Thanks for listening to Life on Earth. You can help us by taking a few minutes to leave a rating and review on iTunes. For more inspiring content, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Search Life on Earth in iTunes or visit lifeonearth.podbean.com.